whenever you're recording um, your own audio, it goes, it's a process to get everything lined up, but go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's right. Cause you guys each record your own on audacity. Uh, Matt uses, Matt uses audacity. I use Mixcraft, and everybody else uses either. Oh, Premier okay. Okay. Yeah. But you each have your other. own tracks. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, what was I talking so about? When we, when you break down the process of like a, a processor in yeah, any yeah. device into it's a calculator and it's just determining uh on off or yes no like on off or like positive negative for every single task it's looking at and the number of times it has to do that to make like the simplest thing you do work oh yeah um so basically what's happening uh is that's binary binary is always a one or a zero that is the basis of all computer language all code whatever so like a Uh, complex task is just a fuckload of binary oh yeah it's it's a fucking shit ton of it and actually i believe hang on here let me look up something um okay yeah uh, so I was right there. Uh, so usually the the ability of a processor, among other things, uh, it's measured in teraflops. Uh, and that's a unit of computer speed that equals uh, some ridiculous like one to the one million to the millionth or something like that of uh, floating point operations uh, per Mother second. fuck, dude. Uh, it's a ridiculous number. And that's basically every on off uh, for binary. Um. And I forget how many teraflops modern processors are, but it's it's just, it's a fuckload. Absurd. Probably yeah. some number that you can't even write out. Right, right. Um, and basically, what happens is anytime that you write code. Uh, so I'm a developer, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I had so, an idea. So whenever you write code, like human readable code, they call it. Um, mm. Like C sharp, C plus plus, JavaScript, or whatever. Well, not really JavaScript, but kind of JavaScript. Um, all gibberish right uh that goes through what's called a compiler uh and that compiler basically uh translates that code into something that the computer can actually read and then it gives instructions so who coded the compiler um back in the fucking (laughs) 80s you know somebody figured out how to do that i i I could not tell you how a compiler works to be isn't that insane dude oh this is bringing me so i was listening to a podcast earlier this afternoon and this is like bringing me right back to that. Right. This was like, uh, do you know who Lex Friedman is? Lex Friedman? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. <clears throat> He's a Russian American uh, roboticist who's been on like Rogan a bunch of times. Oh, okay. um, I probably have heard him. He's been recognizing the name. Super fucking drab and like wears a suit and tie all the time. But he's like young. Right, right. <laughs> um, he had a guy on his podcast, and <clears throat> this guy was like a – I forget the term. This guy basically like – he does a blog about like um, philosophical and like theoretical things. And they're right, talking right. about like the size of the universe and shit. And uh, one of the questions he posed was – this computer thing made me think of it when I asked you, like, who made the compiler? Like, because, like, right, you're like right. you put these codes into a compiler. And it's like, well, somebody had to make that compiler. 
Right. Well, there's not just yeah. one either. There's compilers for every single coding language. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, you're like, yeah, we have these codes that we understand because we write them. And then there's this other thing that converts it or whatever. But it's like, yeah, but somebody had to build the thing that converts it also. So the amount of right, code right. within the code, within the code, like, and then, so this guy's question was, if all of a sudden, for whatever reason, maybe it's a fucking wizard or whatever, I don't know, get crazy. Yeah. Um, every, <clears throat> every material on earth was just taken away, vanished. We just, we, we kept all of our memories, but we reverted to just naked cavemen. We have nothing. We're just right. on earth. How long would it take to make an iPhone 13? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because if we have the same uh, people that we have now on the planet, um, mm -hmm. if we have the same minds and they retain their memory, uh, and say we've retained at least um, physical media like pa like books and paper and all that good stuff. No, we don't um, have anything. We're down to raw oh, earth. Oh, raw earth. Okay, yeah, that's that's a little more difficult. Uh, we could certainly build a basic computer pretty fast, and I would imagine we could have. Oh, we're still talking years. Oh yeah, we it would take us at the very least a decade to get back to even something resembling what we had. Um, I think it would take longer. Possibly. It would depend on how cooperative we are as a race or as a human race. Um, well, you know, there'll definitely be conflicts. Right. Because you have to think about all the logistics that goes into um, building literally fucking anything on the planet. Organizing right? anything. Yeah. Right. So I would imagine it would take us probably roughly a decade to get back into the industrial age. Um, just because manufacturing relies so heavily on even basic computers. Um, I think you know, it would take longer. Single... I think you're way undercutting. Well, I, I don't necessarily think so. Um, because electricity is not that difficult. People, uh, know how to make basic motors. Hell, I know how to, I know how to make a, make a basic electronic motor. Um, especially just magnets. Spinning right, but, on a, but you have to remember that first thing is that the people have to organize, which means that there'll be struggle to figure out who they're willing to accept as a leader, right? And then you're gonna have, probably have factions and stuff like that. And then yeah, all I of the material, the social aspect of it. All, all of the material after that will have to be hand gathered. And then you'll have to make rudimentary tools to speed up that process. And then after that, you'll have to make better tools. The fastest way to do it would be to make rudimentary tools, right? Gather raw material. Right. And then with that raw material, build better tools. Right. And then get more raw material. You know what I mean? Like, because right, otherwise right. You'd, it would be so slow. You'd be sitting there with a fucking triangular rock like scraping shit off the fucking mountain dude like <laughs> i think you know what i mean like it's a lot of stages i think the thing that you're underestimating because i guess i have a, a better view of humanity as a whole uh, i feel like if we were sent back to the fucking stone age uh, all of a sudden 
a lot of the class warfare and everything like that that we have kind of just disappears, right? Uh, right. Because it, there's no longer any fiat currency. There's no really anything. All that matters is, you know, physical labor, trade, whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. So we Everybody eliminate- has to have a fucking a role. Right, right. So class means nothing at that point. You know, the established no, you're uh, starting families and all that, you know, they're they're gone. Uh, the Waltons, they have nothing. Elon Musk, he has nothing. Yeah. We're all. So at that point, uh, it all and comes Bezos down to. Bezos will have to pick up a fucking shovel, dude. <laughs> right, right. You know, from that point, it goes to intellectuals and laborers, right? Laborers are 10 right. times more valuable than they were. Um, and men that know things, you know, intellectuals. Uh, they're much more valued as well. Uh, even like the, the trades, right, right. Uh, tradesmen's tradesmen would probably be uh, among the ruling class because they they've done so much, they've worked so long in specific trades uh, that they know yeah. how to make things, how to build things. You know, um, yeah, they they'd and, probably be like the they'd probably be like almost equivalent to like the bigger like a bigger corporation CEO. Whereas, like the the actual like intellectual intellectuals will probably be like the governmental leaders. I would say they'd probably end up more in the um, uh, maybe not vice president. What's the term I'm looking for here? Like, like a senator know, or congressman or something. Senator, congressman. I don't know what you would what the term I'm looking for is uh, because leadership is you know it's a talent, right? You know mm-hmm. you, you can weld all day long. Uh, doesn't mean you know how to teach somebody to weld and doesn't mean you know how to lead a team of welders, right? Oh, fuck. Um, I know firsthand because, like, I am the, I am not a, I'm not, I couldn't manage. I don't, I don't, I don't do well delegating. <clears throat> I do well with, like, I know what I, I think needs to be done and I can just do it. Right, right. And I can problem solve, like, my own shit. But as far as, like, I got a bunch of guys. And like, what's the most efficient way to get use out of them? It's different than like me going, yeah, I know what needs to be done. I'll go do it. Right, right. Um, And those are qualities of a good leader. Somebody that knows how to, may not know how to do the task themselves, but they know exactly who can do it, how fast Mm -hmm. they can get it done, uh, and how to keep them happy and not overwork them or whatever. Right. Um, So those people will be crucial too. Um, And of course, there'd be like, all kinds of weird psychological craziness to go on because think about this world going from uh, even just women, modern women in this world. And I, I'm not talking trash about women, but there is so well, you much. Are. I kind of, I kind of am, but this is more psychological as opposed to <clears throat> degrading because right. It's not, it's not their fault is what I'm saying. It's not their fault that the world is this way. Uh, of course, but there's, so much online validation given freely uh, to women on an everyday basis, um, at least yeah. mildly attractive women. Um, you know, oh, yeah. women, they'll probably be just fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like, not, yeah. In, so in my experience, don't have to do anything. Right. Right. Successful. Right. In, uh, in my experience, uh, ugly women are always the most grounded and chillest uh, to be around. Um, some of them. Some of them are sour, though. <clears throat> some of them, some of them are they, they're mad at the world kind of moderate uh, moderately good looking right right <laughs> um you know they'll get along just fine but without all that validation with that suddenly going away uh you know everybody's an influencer right now 
now nobody is, you know, they don't have anything to do or read or, you know, to keep their attention. Uh, ADHD runs wild and just people don't know what the fuck to do with themselves and they have to adjust to a, you know, a brave new world, even more so than most men, because men don't generally receive the amount of validation on a daily basis oh, that no. women do from just online activity. We're kind of simple. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a, I don't, I don't know. There will be a subset of men that would struggle like hell though. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the modern man, men and women alike are going to struggle, you know, no matter what, if that happens. But women, I think are going to be more psychologically impacted from that lack of validation. Um, yeah. And whereas a lot of men, especially moderate looking men uh, like myself, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty used to not receiving a whole lot of validation. Yeah, I get some, you know, I did a podcast, a couple of people online recognize me and stuff like that. But I, I really don't do a lot of social media stuff. Like I have a Twitter that I post on once every few days. A lot days. of work, man. Yeah. And I, I got rid of my Facebook, all that shit. You know, oh, I know Christ. it sounds, I have sounds it, but fuck, sakes. But you know what's on there? Nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fucking wasteland. It was just, it was a time sink for me because I have pretty severe, severe ADHD and like, they have that shit dialed in like that little bell that goes off in your head and shoots off endorphins. Um, they've got that shit dialed down to a T and it's the TikTok algorithm algorithm is probably the most impressive I've seen. Um, oh, it's absurd. It's, it's absolutely insane. I don't know who or what team developed the algorithm uh, algorithm for TikTok. The Chinese. Um, well, I know the Chinese did, and there's also a thing. I, I don't know if you've seen, that's Chinese taking over, right? The Chinese <laughs> version of TikTok has a different algorithm than the U.S. version. Did you know? Yeah, that? they won't poison their own. Yeah, which a, is <laughs> brilliant propaganda technique. Um, no, our government's just retarded, dude. <laughs> I mean, they're probably in on it. You know, I'm, we can go down that black hole if you want. I just took a couple of edibles. This could get weird fast. Let's go. But actually, um, I'm gonna go take some now, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, lost my train of thought there. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they do have the Chinese algorithm that boosts more intellectual stuff and like cool engineering stuff and all that. It's it's great. I wish we had something like that here. Uh, but even so, the algorithm they have for entertainment, um, on TikTok and the Amer American version is a work of absolute fucking genius youtube's been doing this for fucking how long you know <clears throat> yeah. and their suggestion algorithm could not be more behind i i agree slightly i will say this though tiktok i i when i first got on it it really fucking grabbed me for a little while but when i stopped using it Cause I was using it cause I was trying to like try it out and like post, right, I was right. posting like clips and different shit. And I, while I was using it myself, I started falling into it. Right. Yeah. It's but easy. when I kind of got sick of, or like, I kind of like ran out of bandwidth and time to like post on it. I right, stopped like right. making clips as much and stuff. It was just getting exhausting. Yeah. And, so when I stopped using it like that, I now don't really want to go on it because I, I do find a lot of it to be ri like ridiculously obnoxious. Oh, yeah. A lot of it really is. Um, so like I just bow. 
You know, the number one mechanism I think that they made that that probably makes that platform dominate is the fact that when you hit the back button, it just sends you to the next fucking video. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good point. That was and probably, you have to fucking back back to get out. That was probably workshopped. And the fact that it immediately throws something, any video in your face as soon as you open it, which is really aggressive to begin with. You, As a user uh, or as a developer, I would never have thought to implement that, thinking that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I open this app and immediately see a video. Fuck off. And there's also no selection interface for finding video or for manually finding videos. That's immediately apparent. There is, but it's pretty rudimentary. You have to hit, you have to hit the search bar. Right. Twitter has uh, a similar mechanism. I don't know if you noticed this. When you tap the search button on Twitter, it brings you to a bunch of a suggested or trending bullshit, the shit they want to push right. down your throat. And in order to search, you have to tap search again to open up the fucking search bar. Right. And uh, that's that's kind of a layover from uh, um, Yahoo uh, and things like that. You know, if you ever go to Yahoo, where Google's page is nice and clean and pretty and white and there's nothing there, you know, Yahoo's got ads and news articles from major publishers and everything like that. And Twitter does the same thing from like either sponsored accounts or government accounts, huge uh, mm-hmm. major accounts, trending things. Uh, and it's basically just a dashboard of uh, whatever parameters they put into uh, their code that says, hey, put this video that has the most likes in the past 30 minutes here, you know, something yeah. like that. Um, that's and, why I think uh, that's why Yahoo lost, to be honest with you, because be- Google became the better search engine because when you open up Google, it is when you open it, you're usually they branded it perfect because everybody says Google it. Oh yeah. Google it. Because whenever you open Google, the only thing you could really do is click on like the favorite tabs that they know you always go to, or type in the search bar. Right? And then that means that whenever you want to search for something. You were going to go to Google over Yahoo. Yahoo became a website. Google became a search engine. Right. And that's basically what that did was the internet was so brand fucking new to everybody. Nobody knew what the internet actually physically was. Nobody knew how to describe it. It was this brand new medium of communication that humankind had never before seen. Uh, There was no social media. It was you you go to a website and that website. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was just the most basic of basic operations. Um, and whenever you figured out what a search engine was, for me, my first one was Ask Jeeves. Oh, I remember uh, Ask Jeeves. I used that in middle school, dude. The teachers yeah. told us to go to Ask Jeeves, dude. Right. And Ask Jeeves came out and it really took hold because people were like, oh, I can ask this a question. And you would <laughs> ask a question as you would a person. You know, yeah. uh, SEO wasn't really a thing back then, search engine, search engine optimization. Um, so you would type a thing and it would scrape the scrape the web to try to find words, you know, keywords. Keywords, right? Right. And there was no algorithm or anything like that in place to, you know, really sort through, parse through those results and make more meaningful things appear. It was just like, here's the first website that has that in its name, pizza in its name or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like, it was like a... What is it? Control Alt F. The- uh, control Control F is uh, find in in yeah. most Windows. Yeah, Jeeves was just Control F for the for the yeah. World Wide Web. <laughs> yeah, I mean literally, uh, is what it was. 
uh, and then Google comes along, A, it's got a clean, fancy, or just a clean, easy name. The mm-hmm. website itself, they didn't sell any ad slots on the front page. It was nice, clean, white, had an unobtrusive logo. It was easy to digest for newbies on the, in, on the internet. They were like, search. Okay, cool. And mm-hmm. the big thing that they implemented was a very strong algorithm uh, for helping to find relevant results. Um, and that really made the web take off um, because once people started figuring out that, hey, this is a really good one. Like when, whenever you were younger, there was always like a new messenger service or a new site or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. there's always one that's better. You know, everybody switched from AIM to MSN Messenger uh, yep. whenever I was in school. ICQ? ICQ. Um, ASL? And everybody, everybody would ASL <laughs> every fucking time. <laughs> um, I, God, I heard MSN Messenger like the little doodle in my fucking sleep, dude. Holy shit. I just remember I got AIM. Everybody around my age, like, would... At a certain time of night, it would just be like, Dad, can I use the computer? Yeah, go ahead. Dial up, <laughs> dude. Open oh, yeah, AIM. And God. literally, it was crazy how easy it was to capture us because what we were doing on AI, AI at least I, what I was doing, was literally I was almost doing nothing else but chat. Right. Right. It wasn't like I had a, a a window open and I was chatting on the side. I was literally just chatting and just like, who's online? Click on that name. Hey, enter. Right. Who else and is online? Was- Click on that name. Hey, and then you're just like waiting for whatever window was about to, to change color because they answered you. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was it was literally Facebook Messenger on desktop with less features, like, and that was it. That was what it took to entertain us at that time. Dude, that's was, when I started flirting. Yeah, I mean, God, I, I can't tell I can't tell you how many times I bullshitted on uh, MSN Messenger about like having a girlfriend <laughs> and shit like that. You know, well, Dude, I was a fucking kid. I think it honestly probably ruined my ability to fucking talk to girls in real life. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Because it came around at that exact time where, like, you kind of had to, like, you would have had to have, like, gone through the fear and eventually your hormones and, like, being made fun of or whatever would have taken over and you would have probably found a way to talk to them. Right. But, like, not, like, AIM came out at, like, the time where, like, that was what we were probably going to start learning. Right. And... Then we just hid behind the fucking computer, dude. It, I could say it everything. Really, it really seriously fucked up the social skills of a lot of people very quickly. And yeah. I think I think we got lucky um, because we were at least able to develop the social skills from early childhood to like middle school, right? Yeah, you know, everything's you know, different. I'm sure both of us, we grew up like riding bikes up and down the road all fucking day. Like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Going out in the woods doing stupid shit, you know. Just dude, make it a fort. Yeah, forward, dude. climbing trees. You know, there's there's always like the one girl in the group that you try to like flirt with and shit like that. You know, uh, we oh, we learned. You know, no, what what you would do was what you would do was you would try your you would try to do your best tricks on the bike when there was like exactly. that girl. 
Right, yeah. He tried to take the biggest jump or do some stupid shit. Got me hurt a few times. I tried. I guarantee you my, my wheelie attempt probably quadrupled when there was a girl oh, 100%. around. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. Um, I was like 14, maybe 13, 14. Uh, and I got into like this weird skateboarding phase. This was right around the time that like X game or Tony Hawk was big. He like, he oh, was a fucking legend. I skated hard. Uh, oh dude, we all did. And I spent fucking just hours on hours and hours trying to learn how to do an Ollie, uh, and accidentally learn how to pop, pop, shove it. And yeah, yeah. rather than, rather than fucking doing an Ollie, I could only do a pop, shove. Shove. I couldn't do an Ollie. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if I was doing it properly, but the fucking board was turning around and I was landing on it. So I was like, fucking all right. W. <laughs> you know? uh, so one imagine, day we were <laughs> just imagining right. like, you know how like there's like a norm across like a sport or something like that, right? Everybody kind of, but then once in a while, there's like a guy who makes it to the top, but has some really unorthodox technique. Right, right. So like I'm, I'm just imagining like some dude made it pro, but he could not ollie. He could only pop shove it. So like he's just <laughs> he's just like pop shoving onto and over everything. He just did a pop shove at nine hundred. Like what? <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like yeah, yeah. Like you remember those guys? Like you could push regular, <laughs> or you could push Mongol. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I always rode Goofy too, which is me too. Super weird. I don't understand how people ride standard. I don't know how the fuck it's standard because Goofy feels so right. I, it makes no sense. Yeah, because you're, you're put your dominant foot um, as your support foot and the foot that you use to steer the thing. And then it's also the foot you use to articulate the board. Right. That, that, that's my reasoning, but apparently not. Apparently, you're supposed to use your dominant foot as your push-off foot, your, your actual power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which makes it like, now that you say that, like playing baseball, batted right-handed, right? The power foot was the one in the back that you pushed from. Right. Throwing the ball, you pushed off your dominant foot, which was the back one. Right. And So it's like, it's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's super weird. You know, like I'm right at dominant, right-handed, dominant right foot, everything like that. Fucking ride skateboard goofy. Go figure. I was Uh, the same way. I don't understand. I I think maybe, maybe... What it comes down to is, like, I don't know, like, I think some people thought, some people, like, you ever skated with somebody who, like, just couldn't quite get it? Like, the people who didn't skate, but, like, they would try when they were hanging out with you? Yeah. And you watch them, like, try to do something, and you're like, what the, like, this guy looks like, uh, similar to, like, a person who throws the ball like a girl. Right, right. Like you just watch them and you're like, holy fuck, dude, what are you doing? Like, and it's like, to me, I think that's what, maybe because I grasped how to do it pretty easily, that it made sense to have my dominant foot on the front because that was the one that could like, I was anything like a kickflip or like, of 360 flip or a heel flip or, or any right. sort of thing like that. My dominant foot was much more accurate. Right. 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 So like 
that made sense to me because I guess like if I picked up Ollieing pretty easily, I didn't really need the strength on the back. Right, right. I needed like the accuracy on the front to try and do any sort of trick. Right. And now that I think about it, that's probably why I had such major trouble Ollieing but could do a pop shove it because whenever you Ollie, for those of you who don't know, they're listening. Um, you need to push down on your rear foot to angle the board up a little bit uh, and then kind of drag the side of your shoe along the front side of the board uh, and then let the back kind of pick itself up. That's how you ollie. That's why you can't ollie crazy fucking high unless you're a crazy freak that has, you know, insane capability. Um, But with a pop shove it, the method that I used didn't get very high up off the ground, granted, uh, but it didn't didn't like spin and scrape the ground either. Uh, so you basically do the same thing. You do an ollie, you're, or you're supposed to do an ollie, uh, and you swing the board around under your feet. Uh, it stays flat and it rotates. Uh, is a pop shove at 180? I think it's yeah, 180. Um, so it rotates 180 degrees. I forget what the half the half version is called. Uh, that, I did that one too. Uh, the just the 90 degree, or no, I guess yeah, 180. It reorients itself. Yeah, so okay. Yeah, that's a 360 shove it. They just call it a 360 shove it. Okay, I got you. Uh, I'm getting my angles up, start, starting to uh, feel those gummies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of uh, weird. Like a pop shove, it is like very similar to the Ollie, but you just like scooped it with your foot. Right, right. And you, I would push out with my right foot and push down with my left foot, essentially. And at the same time, lift my left foot up, uh, yeah. let the board rotate and then land. Um, it sounds insanely more complicated than it really is. But since I had something to push my right foot off of rather than just kind of like trying to scrape and raise it, yeah. I think maybe that helped with that and why ollieing was so fucking difficult because it's like, what do I do with my good foot? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ollieing was, if you look at like the physics of an ollie, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Like if you see one, like from like a profile side angle, right. From like right. slow-mo, it's kind of insane, but you can kind of break it down. If you look at a board and like, like uh, elementary science sort of ideas where like, right. all right, the, the, where the wheels are, as soon as you go to Ollie and push down on the tail, the wheel becomes the fulcrum. And like, I think a lot of people that I, my friends that like struggled with Ollieing, their problem was, I, I don't think they grasped the fact that the idea was like, especially to get like any height, you had to, be able to jump pretty high. Right, right. So, like, you had to, like, simultaneously smash the tail off the ground. And part of part of what makes it always successful is your front foot has to get the fuck out of the way of the board. Right. So, like, you have to, like, almost, like, while both feet are equal, you almost have to jump like you were just going to jump both feet up. Right. You have to like jump your whole body up, but then as you're doing that, your back foot kind of like pushes down to smash the tail, right? And then you have to like, if your front foot just has to get the fuck out of the way, the higher you want to ollie, the more your front foot has to allow the board to come up. Right. And then as as the board kicks to a steeper angle, then you take your front foot and level it off. Right. What's, what's even more insane is when you think about why you have to bend your knees uh, when you do an mm-hmm. ollie, because you have to have extra extension on your left leg 
while your right leg is propelling you up off the board. So yeah. by the time the board tail reaches the ground, your right foot needs to have pushed you up enough to completely yeah. remove the weight from the board. Yeah, so, if you watch any of the great ollieers, they're fucking their knee. Like at the start of the ollie, their right knee or their their front leg knee is up by their chest. Right. And when they get like to like full, like when the when the board's fully in the air, like going over something, both of their legs are up by their chest. Right. And like, and then the even more dominant ollieers, if you watch, the board is not under them at all. It's actually in front of them. Like they'd pop it up and then the board would end up going like this. And then to get more height, their knees would come up, right? But instead right. of keeping their knees directly under center of gravity, they would also angle their legs forward to even add like a little bit more. So like it comes up, but then like the board ends up scooting away. Right. And like, you'll see them, like the board will be like out in front of them with their legs, like not only their knees bent, but also their hips, like twisting right, their right. legs out to get extra height. <coughs> Excuse me. And what's, what's interesting is you can do an ollie without you on it by just smashing the tail of the board with you completely off to the back of it. Do that. Yeah, you ever sit on a bench and do it with a foot? Yeah. And like, see how high your board goes. That's the amount of force you need to get the board that high to when you're ollieing on it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the same thing, but you're not on the board. And the reason it doesn't go up flat whenever you do that, well, there's no right foot for it to hit in the air and correct itself. Right. Or left foot for standard riders anyway. I don't know why the fuck we got on a skateboard talk there. Like that's just why how it goes. I didn't realize how much I actually knew about skateboarding until just now. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I had a hard skateboarding phase. I quit baseball because as soon as the snow was gone, I was yeah. like, "Fuck this, dude! I'm out." Ah, dude, baseball and softball kids are fucking hard workers, dude. Burnout is ridiculous. I never played baseball. But my sisters both played uh, fast pitch softball, and my cousin played baseball, mm -hmm. and that is a fucking dead serious sport, dude. Like any of them, were, if you want to be good at it, you have to fucking you have dude, to train. They were, they were practicing just constantly, and my sister was on a uh, a national fast pitch team. Damn. Um, they were called Lethal Fast Pitch out of Lagrange, Georgia. Um, they are a phenomenal team. Uh, the coach was a re really nice guy too. Really well off, had a beautiful house. Uh, and I tried to flirt with his daughters. He had two gorgeous redhead daughters that were on the <laughs> softball team, but they wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, but uh, that's the only, you know, well, uh, that and I was a kid and I had to go. <laughs> like that was the big reason, you know, like going to the softball Well, you found the silver lining, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I had a lot of good times out there. We have a, a nice little softball complex here. Um, and whenever softball games are going on, well, everybody's little brothers, little sisters, whatever, big brothers, big sisters, whatever, that are there with their parents are all there at the same time. And I got to play with a whole bunch of other fucking kids that were around my age. Um, and we would play things like pickle and catch and all that shit. I fucking love pickle. Oh, that uh, was a blast, dude. Oh, it was so good. I had so much fun. That and wall ball or something. God, I, oh, I my was hoping every time that somebody brought a uh, bouncy ball. So we could yeah. play wall ball. Holy <clears throat> shit, dude. That was a, such a fun fucking game, dude. Oh, so dude. stupid, but so fun. Oh, it's so fun. Like, you would 
break your fucking nose running into that wall, dude. Like, yeah. these, these weren't like smooth, nice, flat walls either. These were fucking like that that weird, rough concrete brick material, you know, bricks like of those cinder block, like a cinder block, but way rougher. Like, oh, so uh, like the ball never came off square. Oh, no, God, no. I mean, it, <laughs> it wasn't like so rough that it fucked the ball all that much. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it did, especially if you're using like a super bounce ball, like a like a little rubber one. But most of the time we use like a tennis ball or something. Yeah, like we that. play like a tennis ball a lot. But um, that way, when you hit somebody with it, it didn't fucking destroy them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, whenever you like, if you even tried to lean on these walls with your hand or your shoulder or something like that, that would fucking hurt. Ooh. Um, it was like just textured enough to be painful. And of course, they're fucking rock, so they're rock hard. Mm-hmm. And we would run full fucking force to touch the wall if we fucked up. And yeah. whenever you're running full speed as a kid, like there, there's no fucking, there's no brakes on this train. You don't know how physics works quite yet. And you don't slow fully down before you make it to the wall and you smash into that motherfucker. And it would leave like fucking little, like tightly, like, you know, you scrape your knee, but you don't scrape it. Like you just kind of hit it on the concrete and you get those little punctures. Yeah, like it, you just took off enough for like the like little spots of like red to start peeking yeah, out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so it would be like that across like your whole fucking right side and like <laughs> your face and shit like that. Like I hit my head on it one time. <laughs> Did you guys have like, is there always one kid who like fucking had a stone fingers, dude? And he was always fucking running to the wall. Oh, man. <laughs> Constantly. Uh, there was this one kid. um, that we played with all the time. Uh, he was a friend of my mom's son. Uh, and we later found out he was autistic, but at that time autism wasn't nearly as well known. So he was just a weird kid, uh, to yeah. us, you know, uh, sweet kid, just off, you know? Oh, right, right, right. And, um, so we're playing with this kid and, uh, he, he misses the ball and he, he runs to go touch the wall or whatever. But he like stops just short the first time. And as he's like, he stops full stop, stand up straight, then lean forward with your hand to touch the wall. Kind of, you know, characteristic of an autistic person that doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. Like body language. It's like one operation after another kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, So he stopped, leaned forward to go touch the wall. And then someone pings the wall and he's out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, or pings him and he's out. So you guys, you guys like, you guys like kicked each other out. Yeah, it was like uh, like last man standing rules. Oh, see, we didn't even have a winner, dude. We <laughs> we <laughs> we would just do this shit, and if if you didn't get to the wall before somebody pinged the wall, yeah. you had to stand face to the wall, and whoever got you out got to fucking peg you. Oh, we played something <laughs> like that once. Um, I forget what the penalty was, but it was something stupid. Um. Anyway, so he does that the first time. We tell him he's out and explain to him, like, hey, you have to touch the wall. I guess he was new to the game. I don't know. Uh, and he's like, he's kind of upset about it, you know, and we're just like, oh, hey, it's cool, dude. Like, just chill. We'll be in the next game. Uh, and then we finish that game and he gets in again. Well, same thing happens. He misses the wall or misses the ball, runs towards the wall, but this time he doesn't fucking stop. Oh, Forrest Gump, he, dude. Dude, he, for, he Forrest Gumps straight flat face into the fucking wall with his hands up like that, like Wiley e. Coyote style or whatever. I think he was trying to be funny. And like, 
I don't know. You know, you know how off kids can be when they're trying to be yeah. funny, right? Yeah. Like inappropriately. I think he was trying to do that and he just right into the fucking wall and immediately like you could tell, oh shit, he fucked up. Yeah. And he starts fucking bawling, like going crazy, crying and shit. And we're like, oh shit, dude, he hurt himself. And his mom comes running and everything. And this kid's just fucking covered. Like his whole side, like his arms just fucked up, dude. Looks like road rash and all across his fucking body. She took him to the hospital and everything. Uh, did so you guys had to find a better wall. That was that was all of the buildings, like concession stands and everything, had those fucking walls, and everything else was either a fence or like a netting. Uh, um, yeah. So it was kind of tough to find anything to ping off of. But thankfully, there was nice concrete walkways fucking everywhere that we could bounce the ball off of. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did it off the back of the concession stand. And so like two weeks goes by, uh, we were at another game, basically the same group of guys and he comes back and this time he's got like two tennis balls just like in his hands. Right. And he's just like walking to us with his tennis balls in his hand and everything, or at least he's walking somewhere. He wasn't walking towards us. Uh, but me and a buddy of mine, we go up to him and ask like, Hey man, uh, we're playing wall ball again. You want to play? And I think we'd seen him since then, so we knew he was cool. Um, and, the, and the poor kid goes, oh, no, thank you. I just want to go over there and play with my balls. <laughs> and we fucking died laughing, dude. Like, you, you know how it is when you're, like, a kid and somebody says something. Oh, yeah, something dude, the me. dumbest shit is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said balls. And, no, he's fucking, but it, just, like, the way he said it and everything, we were just fucking dying over here. And the kid looks at us all fucking weird and shit. And he's like, what's so funny? He completely does not understand what he just said. Like no yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I feel bad because it was, you know, making fun of an autistic kid. We didn't fucking know we were kids. Uh, right. And autism wasn't a fucking thing apparently. <laughs> so, Well, even if they knew it's like, like they didn't tell you. Right. Right. Teach right. About it. Like, but, um, we're, we're still fucking dying and nobody wants to explain to him like what the hell that means or whatever. And he's like, okay, whatever. And he, he goes off. Well, that night we have dinner at his and his mom's house. And his mom was a very Catholic woman, uh, sweet lady, great lady. And not even like super devout, but she was very, she was raised very Catholic at the very least. Yep. And, um, it's that classic cold blooded conservative woman. I didn't think she was conservative. You just like you like northern, like Yankee Catholic, you know. Yankee Catholic. Like that's the only way I can think of. You know, like the chick from uh Constantine? Like that kind of Yankee Catholic. My grandmother was fucking Catholic as fuck, bro. Mine too. My grandfather was very Catholic, Irish Catholic even. Married to a Romanian Catholic. Yeah. But, my uh, grandmother would fucking cringe if you lived with somebody before being married, dude. Right, right. Uh, she wasn't quite that deep, but she was definitely like somewhat there. Uh, and she did. She really, really did not do cursing. Uh, she did not do cursing. You I really never say GD. Uh, and oh yeah. You could, and you could not. You could not say like Jesus Christ. You know, like oh yeah, Christ, yeah. Like, that. like you know, you could not do that around her. Um, they would like gasp and like react like you just said like oh uh, she would get worse slur. She would get like Karen face, like stone face and be like, don't say that, you know, like, <laughs> um, 
but we're at the dinner table and everything and we're just talking family conversation or whatever and the kid asked um hey what were you guys laughing at earlier and uh i was like oh it's it's nothing it's just kind of it's kind of something you said the way you said it i don't remember what it was bullshitting obviously mm-hmm. uh and yeah, you he, don't want to uh, be the guy to explain it to this catholic kid dude. right right <laughs> so uh so i'm like yeah i don't remember what it says and he's like what do you mean? All I wanted, all I said, all I said was all I want to do, do is go play with my balls. Or I is that all I said was I want to play with my balls or something like that. And his mom drops her dinner fork and is like, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to explain the whole fucking situation. By the way, I'm dying laughing again. And my mom's cracking the fuck up too. And <laughs> we both feel super bad because we know she is like, what the fuck? is going on right now like she is dead serious like hand on the table like mother moment you oh, know God. and she wasn't a karen i i promise she's just a karen about those particular things yeah, and, yeah uh, i get it and um <laughs> i had to explain to her like the whole situation or whatever and she's like you could see the relief just wash over her face she's like oh okay you know i thought you were talking about something else <laughs> you you guys really shouldn't be laughing about that it's not funny and I was it's like, funny. and I'm just sitting there thinking like, it's kind of funny. And my mom pipes up. And she says, it's kind of funny. <laughs> how, how, I, uh, that's an argument I'll never understand is like, you shouldn't be laughing at this. Wait, you're trying to tell, you're trying to make me change my reaction, to, my automatic reaction to something. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. I thought thought crime wasn't a thing. <laughs> Fuck it is today, God damn! Oh my God, what a nightmare! Uh, like, you know what's you know what's sad in today's world is telling that story about the autistic kid, even though I was a kid, even though I didn't know any better or anything like that. I thought I had to think twice about even telling that story on a public forum uh, because of the fear of canceling. You know, oh, fuck! I'm not afraid of shit. Bring it and, on. You know, I, I know I know this entire fucking argument has been just driven into the ground. Canceling is yeah. like popular with <clears throat> regular functioning people now, uh, anymore. Uh, I wouldn't God. say that. I would say it's 50 50. I, I don't think it's nearly that much. Now, they would have you believe uh, that their numbers are far larger than they are, but the amount of people that actually. I'm saying, do, I'm saying it's at least 50% like us oh yeah well 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 over 50 percent uh like us. Well, that's what know, i'm saying it's like not. i don't think i don't think by any means is it abnormal right the most, way the way I most view it. people are perfectly rational um mm-hmm. most people that i talk to if i actually have a conversation with them they're about, also pretty quiet yeah yeah comparatively I mean, to the other because a normal person doesn't go out screaming about fucking nonsense right yeah i'll scream when it's a real problem right like even if something offends the average person right they'll think to themselves eh, that's a little fucked up you know or like oh i can't believe they showed that on tv that's super weird you know they're not going to go out of their way and make a fucking huge ass deal about it most of the time unless it's just egregious right well that's because uh, you, because when something offends you it it's not up to you to decide that it offends anyone else. Right. And it's like, um, I forget who said it, uh, but there's a, 
there's just to exist is to risk being offended, right? You know, even if somebody's actually asking you questions like, you know, making you uncomfortable or whatever, you know, they're trying to seek out knowledge about you. And the only way for them to know it is to ask it. Right. And most people would the most basic way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Most people would do like a news interview or something like that. But if somebody asks them kind of tough questions, you know, they might answer them or, you know, kind of speak around them, say, I don't want to talk about it or whatever, but they're not going to cancel this fucking person for asking a question that they're kind of uncomfortable with or something. Right. And, and like, that's, that's where opinion, because they understand that this is me getting offended. I don't have that thick of skin, you know, or this particular topic. I don't really like, I understand that you do your thing, whatever, but you, Anybody could claim to be offended to literally fucking anything. You know, I could be offended that you have a beard that's, you know, more filled out than mine. That doesn't mean that. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> I, I got the fucking Joe Dirt like weirdness here in the middle. And it yeah, mine gets uh, weird in some spots, but yeah. But uh, that doesn't mean that it's okay for me to advocate for anybody with I don't know, red hair uh have not being able to have beards legally or something like that it doesn't mean that gee that's can, that's that sentiments almost like uh almost like some sort of genocidal dictator that wants right uh, literally atrocities i right. mean <laughs> God, how dare you compare today's culture to anything like that kinder how dare you <laughs> Right. Oh, my bad. I fell into I fell into the trap. I'm woke. <laughs> it doesn't even remotely resemble that. Right. Right. But well, yeah, that, that doesn't mean We're that only I get trying to get inclusivity for for all kinds of people who belong to these groups. We don't care right. about your individual power. It's just what group do you belong to? Right. And speech is not a crime. And never will be. And these people have found a way to criminalize it in relatively small numbers because <clears throat> people that kind of follow them, you know, if they're good talkers and things like that, then they just, they get it, they use them as a personal army. They attack, they attack, they attack. Yeah. And any dissenting opinions have to be exterminated. And the more vocal of them, you know, that say, hey, by the way, here's another stipulation for you being able to belong to our fucking cult of personality. <coughs> Got a cough to get off, my guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the more vocal people are like, hey, by the way, if you want to stay in this little cult of personality that we've created, uh, then you have to agree to my absurd belief, you know, the room temperature IQ belief uh, that appropriating culture is a fucking thing. Like wearing, I don't know, fucking Dude, listening to hip hop is appropriating culture or some crazy there's, shit. There's some terminology out right now that drives me insane. Like a cultural appropriation is one of them. Okay. Oh, yeah. This country was built on mixing cultures, and now people are complaining when other people are are like happy or like enjoy another culture. Right. Right. And they express their enjoyment of that other culture. And then people would go, how dare you appropriate my culture? 
But actually, right. a lot of times it's how dare you appropriate their culture. Right, right. And it's like, uh, do you understand what this country is? <laughs> like, right. do, do you understand that this country, if you have a, like, that's another thing I have, like, people are complaining about speech and how, like, when, when, like, people stand up because they don't want the government to gain more power and they go, they're not, the government's not going to control you. They're not, they're not controlling. It's like, no, dude, they literally are going down the road specifically towards taking power. They don't right. give it back after they take it. This is the road. How do you not see the road? Like, and they just go, nah, nah, they're not going to do that. They're not going to, they're never going to do that. They don't, they, they don't think it can happen to us. Right. But it's happened to every other society in the world. Right. And I think the big disconnection there is that most people, even after 9-11 that, you know, with our age, we were busy being teenagers, living our life or whatever, right. while some major world events were happening. Um, yeah. And we didn't recognize them. Like World War II yeah, you live through that and you experience it firsthand. It was part of your fucking life because you went to war or, you know, we had some serious, you know, hardship was real. On. Yeah. Hardship Everybody's was shielded. Extremely real. And we grew up in an era where it was all over the news. Yes. But we were an established superpower. The economy was doing okay. Our parents were at least making it work, you know, pretending to hold shit together. Yeah. Like literally um, the only thing that affected us was that there was American flags everywhere. Right. So we remember this tragedy of 9-11. And then for us, it was just kind of done unless we had friends or family or us ourselves join the military of our own virtue. A lot of us. Right, did. right, right, right. Um, and I didn't fully understand what was going on politically until high school debate class. Um, mm -hmm. And it's what got me into politics. That and uh, one of my teachers uh, being a super fucking cool guy and told us how to make the best steak in the world. And I still use the recipe to this day. Um, I'm not going to share it with you, by the way. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Mayfield uh, introducing me to the views of Dr. Ron Paul. And oh, what a legend. Oh, what a fucking legend, dude. I could go on about Ron Paul for hours. But he introduced me to that in high school debate class with another teacher who was a phenomenally intelligent man. I mean, this guy was just he he didn't even go off about he never talked about his intellect or anything like that he never talked down to anybody either uh he was a very very good listener and he understood politics in a way that i could only begin to fathom mm -hmm. uh but he could explain it effortless effortlessly like i get chills because this guy's conversations it probably gave me my love for like speech and podcasting as well yeah um mr c eloquent was, very, very eloquent. Um, his views on the French Revolution were phenomenal, too. Uh, he had some amazing insights, his favorite thing. But um, he was the head of the debate club in the debate class that I was in. And whenever you're in debate, you have one topic the entire year, and you have to take both the affirmative and the negative, depending on what side you're on during a debate. Mm -hmm. uh, so we had to learn that policy inside out from both sides for the political, political argument. And while I was doing my research um, for debate, for debate class, you know, assignments and everything that we got, and then later, later on joined the debate club, uh, it became very, very obvious what was going on 
uh, in the real world, you know, outside of my teenage uh, perspective. Yeah. <laughs> you know, these were things that like so you can't un- you can't unknow it, right? Once and, you're uh, privy to it, then you start to see it in everything, right? Like, right. You know, it it gave me the full vision to how fucked up this government like is, you know, or any government, how fucked up people that are ruling you can actually be, you know, how oh, anyone yeah. could be okay with this at any yeah. cost. Yeah, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right. And from there, it was just, it was, it was just kind of an obsession, like understanding what goes on with politics. Uh, and I will talk to politics all day about everybody, but the problem with that is, uh, I don't people hold take it personal. Well, yeah, that, and I don't follow any archetype. Um, I'm very socially liberal, but I'm very fiscally Republican. Um, and the Libertarian Party is the closest thing to my beliefs. The, the modern Libertarian Party is a little off and on with some things, but the vast majority of, of what they believe in at the core values is uh, aligns. And I think most people's uh, really, truly uh, align with libertarian policy i think if you were to talk to many people on the street and really, one-on-one right really have them understand what the topic means you know um and make an argument for like you know here's what one side says here's what the other side says you know if they were to get a pretty decent rundown of every issue i think that the vast majority of people would end up coming to the same conclusion as libertarians I now, you so. would have some people that would still remain very liberal, some people that would still remain very conservative. Um, but here's the thing. The Libertarian Party covers all of those things. The way it works is if you want to be very liberal or very socialist or very communist, you would go to the territories or the communities that also agree with you. Right. So the government the federal government would not force any of these ideas upon a blanket of the, in the United States. But if you were say, I don't know, super right wing libertarian, you'd go to like Florida, Texas, and they right. would be right wing libertarian. And then the liberals would go to California, Seattle areas, and they would be free to also do that within their community. Right. And power to the states is a, is a huge thing in libertarianism. Yeah. Um, because the problem with living in this country and making a nationwide, you know, making sweeping nationwide law, and people don't understand that. The laws that we follow on a day-to-day basis primarily are state law with some you know, much overreaching right. federal law, but that's usually for even things some of like, the federal laws that are still in the book that technically overtake a state law right. aren't really enforced because the state says no. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's like, like we, weed, like we like, being legal. Yeah. And <laughs> that's that's brilliant. You know, it keeps. It makes it so that you can't just rule over the whole goddamn place with iron fist. You right. know, if somebody's doing a bad job in Georgia, you know, say, uh, which, ironically, yeah, <laughs> we they have not historically done very well in the past decade. Um, <coughs> excuse me. 
uh, seems to be people... like coming up though. Uh, it's all right. Like maybe parts of it. I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really care to talk much about state politics though, because it, it's not quite. It, the implications aren't quite as great. You know, on a state level, we well, actually the, have the only, the only time we should really start start talking about state politics is when the federal government relinquishes power to states. Right. Right. Because then it actually. But as long as they're trying to rule over everyone, we need to get rid of that first. Right. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing? Like, it's important right. to pay attention to your own state for sure and vote in the best people because that's what, when every state does that, then <laughs> they go to Washington and the representation is more fair. Right. You know what would really, really, uh, save this country uh in a manner of speaking um and I, I literally just had this thought and i'm feeling pretty good and stony baloney right now so if this nice. comes out super weird or uh or if it makes absolutely no fucking sense when i'm sober you know if it's just a fucking brain dead argument uh forgive me Time stamp that yeah cut that can you cut that <laughs> yeah yeah just, just cut that out well fuck it we'll fix it in post uh <laughs> you know if it does come out ridiculous just let me know but if you were to basically remove the federal government's influence over state law in almost everything but the most egregious crimes, right? So like your murder, your yep. your handling of war. The only thing they like should that. be doing is protecting rights. Right. And military budgeting would uh, would be the other thing. You know, their power over military primarily our our military governing governing bodies. Right. Um you know, they handle all that stuff and the most egregious of law of, of violations such as um, like high level embezzlement, uh, you know, like theft. of. Well, here's the thing. Here's that, the thing, man. Like uh, that, that solves itself. If there's any sort of crime that crosses state line. Right. Right. Uh, that would, yeah, that would probably be okay too. But the way that they have things worked out now with like state line or state violations, um, I believe usually they're, um, what's the the term? Like ex extracted uh, into the other state for sentencing and arraignment and all that, um, depending on where the actual violation happened, not what state they belong to, right? Um, no, I, no, I, I, but I mean, like, you live in I don't know Georgia and you drive to Florida and stab somebody. That's what I mean, like the state where the murder happened. <laughs> like the uh, it would be handled in Florida. They would be prosecuted <laughs> by Florida lawyers, right? Because it's a community of their peers, all that good stuff. But um, mm, yeah, yeah, okay. But say it's like okay, maybe that's just like too extreme. Like um, okay, say you, for example, like uh, this works for my state. Say uh, ah, uh, let's see here. Hmm. Imagine I have a house, like I live in New Hampshire. I have a house this is where I live, right? But right. I have a, a vacation home in, I don't fucking know, Pennsylvania or something. Right, right. Or West Virginia, whatever. I drive, I'm going down there for a couple of weeks or something like that. I take a couple of my guns, put them in the car drive down 
I get pulled over in Massachusetts, Massachusetts has very strict laws on weapons. The weapons need to be in cases, magazines out, not loaded, right, trigger right. lock, lock on the case, stuff like that, right? Say you right. get pulled over, caught, and it's not set up like that. To me, that becomes a federal thing where just because Massachusetts people are okay with that, <coughs> federal government should take that case, right, and right. protect the rights of the people. Second Amendment says you have the right to bear arms. In my mind, that can't be infringed. I don't give a fuck what state you are. Oh, uh, so you're talking about like constitutional uh, uh, constitutional appeals. Well, I'm just saying in general, like a, a less egregious law, like murdering somebody in a state. I get it. You you, you get you murdered a guy. There's really no excuse, right? But if they're trying you, to like you, fine you for having your guns or whatever, you're good. Yeah, you're gonna right. get fined in Massachusetts because you are driving from a place where you know the laws to another place where you knew the laws. But Massachusetts has this fucked up law that technically goes against the Constitution. The government, right. the national government, should protect that right. So or at even that if point, like even. So at that point, if you were to contest it, if you were to take it to court, um, things, exceptions exist for, for things like this now, or at least there's precedent. Um, so I don't know what the precedent is for that. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but if you were to look up the law on it, you know, or cases related to things like that, if that's happened before, uh, right. then the precedent set in those cases uh, would be used in uh, the defendant's uh, argument. Uh, so if he if he were able to you know, get a judge or whoever uh, is going to be judging all this stuff. If the judge agrees with them, then he dismisses. If he doesn't agree, agree to it, then the lawyer appeals to a higher court. And if it gets too high enough, then it goes to a constitutional matter. Um, and the Supreme Court looks at it and decides, right. is this constitutional? Is it not? Um, so once that ter termination is made, then it is final. You know, that's why it's federal. Uh, up to that right. point, state courts handle all of the other stuff. Um, <laughs> well, what I'm saying is like, that's, that's a power I think that they should just have. Right. I mean, that, that's part of what they currently have now. Uh, and I, w I would like them to handle that, you know, the Supreme court, the three branches, all that, you know, that's perfectly fine. I, I think that's, they're handling it poorly at this moment. Uh, they're, they're handling it extremely poorly. There does need to be term limits on senators, uh, for one. And senators there needs to be term limit on employees. Like government employees. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. About, I don't know if I agree with that because there are there are some government employees that have been employed for extremely long periods or experts in areas. Yes, but that all of the people that agree with a lot of the stuff that you and I agree with, like a lot of people that we would agree with in government, say that right. a lot of the problem is not the not the elected officials. It is the staff. The staff is there forever. The staff has a lot of pull. More oh, than people you mean realize. like White House officials, like chief yes. of staff, all that. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Um, even though they're employees of the state, yeah. In those cases, those employees of the state, they probably should have limits or should be made into elected officials uh, on some level or another. And also, laws laws should have sunsets. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because if sunsets. if if the left has one thing right, it's that times always change. We need to change and evolve. I agree. Why do our laws stay then? Right. Right. And 
in the in the sunset laws, they should if they're not addressed, then they automatically expire. That's right. That, yeah, that, that's, it's, that's it, what it's, be this done. law is in place and it's in place for five years. Cool. Five years rolls around. We need to revisit it and it needs to pass vote again. Right. And, and if it doesn't, then it's gone. Right. Another and, thing they need to do is every individual law that they write needs to be put on a separate voting bill because all of our bullshit right now that goes through Congress is many, many, many pages of laws into one bill and then right. they vote on the bill. Right. Um, me and a buddy came up with one day um, to solve that. Uh, it should be under so many words or less, like every single law that is attempted to be passed, like have a 10,000 word limit or something like that. Whatever equates to about uh, 20 pages. Yeah. Uh, because some laws are extremely involved. Some are uh, tough. Yeah. You know, um, but dude, have yeah, you heard the story have, about like the, the bill they, that. they rolled a bill into the house or Congress? I forget on a fucking wagon. Oh yeah. That one was like 10,000 pages or some bullshit. Yeah. And that was, uh, you know, I really loved Rand Paul for this. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, or was it Rand Paul? It was somebody. I, I feel like a Rand Paul sense, thing to do, but... but it may not have been him. I can't remember. Uh, but somebody um, among their camp uh, printed out the whole bill and he's like, well, I say here and I printed out all so-and-so pages of the bill. And here it is. And he slaps the fucking stack yep. and he like questions every single person there. He was like, by show of hands, is there anybody in this room that has read this entire document? And of course, no fucking body read it. No. Uh, you know, the other thing. And I don't remember what he said. I don't remember what he said after that, but uh, it, it was something to the effect of like, that's it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, uh, so one of your uh, representatives, Marjorie Taylor Green, she was on uh, Timcast IRL a couple times this past few months. Oh, yeah. And she brought to light that so many of the, um, the meetings, she a congresswoman? Uh, I can't remember. I think she's a congresswoman. <laughs> I, I always get confused like the House of Representatives or the Congress or the Senator. Like, I don't fucking remember what the fuck. Yeah, I always get the people confused between those Who are the two. people that vote on the bills? The ones that vote on Congress. the bills? That's Congress. Okay, so she's a, she's a Congresswoman. Um, she said that um, like all the time they a bill comes up in Congress, there'll be fucking 15 people in Congress oh. there. No, wait, that's a Senate, isn't it? Not the Congress. I'm really a stoner. <laughs> I don't fucking know either, dude. Whatever the place is where they all are supposed to show up and vote for bills. Hey, we're, we're here talking about like we know anything about fucking politics. And <laughs> yeah, but we don't have to know everything to have an opinion on logic. I mean, you get what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah, 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 I know. It's it's just amusing to me that that's something that happens. It's pretty ironic. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's, the, here's another thing. I mean, that's I can go down a whole other little spiel about how the working class doesn't know a fucking thing about our government because we fucking don't have any time to. All right. Yeah. But I mean, that's, you ask the average person what the what the Supreme Court does, and they'll draw a fucking blank, right? Yeah. Well, because our dollar's worth garbage and our time is worth garbage. So. Oh, I'm a fucking idiot. 
<laughs> so, you know, wow. it's funny. To make things clear about legislative bodies, Congress is the name used to refer collectively to the House of Representatives and the Senate. Got it. I'm Perfect. a fucking idiot. No wonder got I could, got those confused. Holy fucking shit, dude. Got it. I don't know that I ever, like, really understood the difference <laughs> until just now. That makes sense, though. No, it makes sense. So, yeah, it is Congress. Got it. Yeah, because they congregate, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess we always refer to it as the members of Congress. Yeah, yeah. So she she brought to light on the on the on the show that so many times that <laughs> they a bill comes up, a vote comes up, and they only need a certain number of people to vote on it. And so many of the of the representatives stay home. They don't even go. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the somebody reads the thing and they and they go all all voting yes and they do a vocal thing like in the old days dude they go aye and then those opposed Ugh. like and then they pass it or whatever right right and so since she's been in office anytime she can which is she's like <laughs> She, she's there. She goes to like almost every vote. Right. Right. And anytime she's there and they bring a bill on and they try to, um, vote on it like vocally, she immediately motions for a full, uh, official vote because they are allowed to. So like, Everybody that's in there, rather than ruffle feathers, would just allow these things to fucking fly through with the fucking smallest number of people, with people right, going, hey, right. hey. And then she, and then now that she's been there, she says, I move to get a full vote or whatever. And then right, they right. fucking have to do a full vote and everybody has to show up. <laughs> and she does nice. it every like time. That. Every like time. That. And I, it's a good tool to keep them on honest too. Uh, but the thing is, it's it's fucking mind boggling that the number of people that have done that over the past twenty years oh, that that's, that's that there isn't more people enforcing it, right? Like people with fucking morals and like that. That's that's who we're. That's who's running our fucking country, dude. It's crazy that she is an outlier, right? It, it it is absolutely fucking insane, and a lot of politicians do that, and I call them politicians, not congressmen. Um, the reason that they do that is they don't a lot of time want to they don't want their vote seen on controversial issues. That way, they can deny it or affirm it later. You know, when they people don't really necessarily see the ones they didn't vote on or were out of Congress for, right? Um, you know. So that when doesn't matter. Can be used in the street, them. right? You, and, is it true you voted on this? Actually, I didn't vote on that. Right. Why didn't you vote? I was away. Oh, right. what were you doing? I was at my lake house in. <laughs> like, right. You know what I mean? And if, if they're asked <laughs> about the issue, all they have to do is repeat the position that's acceptable for you know that date and time. Oh um, yeah. You know, depending on what law has been passed or not. Um, and it, it gives them a serious political advantage a lot of the time. 
and the only the only ones you ever see with consistent voting records uh traditionally are libertarian leaning on both left and right um what's there's a there's a democrat uh woman who i really like is it tulsi is it tulsi gabbard she ran democrat but she does not fucking line up with democrats uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's Tulsi. I mean, she does have a lot of very liberal views, but she's she was she's what I would she consider cares a lot a, about people. She wants help to help people, but she doesn't fucking like the government, right? And she's as close as I've ever seen to a left leaning liber- libertarian. You know, yeah. this this yeah. weird idea of libertarian socialism doesn't fucking exist. Uh, it just physically cannot exist. It is not. A thing that it's can not, happen. That's the two the ideas like, are not compatible. I would say. I would say. Yeah, you're kind of right, but I would say that there. I think there's a type of person that should be a libertarian, but wants social a socialist community, and they need to be a libertarian so that way they can have a, a portion of the country that wants to be socialist that they can move to. Now, under libertarianism, demanding state right, states' rights, yes, that's absolutely correct. But the issue is states' rights, not socialism. Um, right. In that in that particular case, now the libertarian position against socialism is that markets should be free and mm-hmm. as free as possible. That is a core libertarian concept that is immutable in libertarianism. Um, it is what the party is built upon: less government involvement in. Right, uh, so maybe I'm not going far enough that I think a person can be socialist, probably not on a state level, but like on a town level. No, not not even not even that. Um, again, that's that's completely separate. I'm talking about in a libertarian community. Um, okay, well, I'm so, just saying like somebody could really align with libertarians when it comes to national voting <laughs> because they would like to free up the country and even the state that they live in in order for them to be like, I can pick to live in this town because our local government runs a sort of a social socialist type of way. And I like that. And nobody else is going to fuck with it. And I don't want to fuck with anybody else. Well, it's, it's not even all of what supposedly comes with socialism. It's the, the core concept. That's the problem uh, is the seizing the means of production um, the government controlling uh, the markets, uh, that aspect of socialism, not the social programs and everything like that. Right. Uh, no, I and- understand. You can have socialist ideas in a smaller portion. Like people have argued this already that like um, communism and socialism, those types of things work. Some of those ideas that people think are going to be like utopian, they actually work in very small scales like a lot of families run like communist right right like we're the parents you do this you do this you do this this is our house like it's very communistic but the problem with a lot with those policies is the bigger they get the worse they get right yeah and it's just all all expanding power and you know men are addicted to power that's just uh-huh. the truth of the world. And if you give the wrong person power even once and give them the ability to expand that power, then that's it. It's game over. That's 
all you can do. And people that want to also expand their power that are under them that vote on the smaller issues, well, they make it easier for the higher ups to achieve. And all it takes, a few bad guys, government's yeah. fucking shit. Like that's all it fucking takes. I don't, pe- I don't think you fuckers realize how yep. simple it is for a government to just go fucking bad. And anytime it's not even you get that a- it's simple on the micro, but when you look at the macro, it's like, oh well, we didn't think this was. We gave them an inch here. Yeah, that right. made sense. We gave them an inch here. It's not like it happened overnight, but but like. It right. is simple like, when you look back. How, how many fucking small towns in the U.S. have just had terrible, incompetent, fucking like low-level governments like that, and never gotten off the ground, or just fucking gone backwards, or something like they got arrested for some ridiculous embezzlement or something like that? You know, the mayors of these small towns. We don't fucking hear those stories. That's government. Should happen in my town. Should happen in my town. Like we right. had, we had a big paper mill. Fucking huge corruption. Right. Bankrupt. Mill shut down. Shut down the same time as the fucking recession in 2008. Right. So, like, that <laughs> fucked your town up economically for a we while. We got I'm fucked, sure. dude. Our town got cut in half, dude. Yeah. I mean, like, and all you have to do, it doesn't take many more people like that in the bigger levels of government to fuck it all up. So, the, the concept behind libertarianism is make the government small enough that it doesn't matter who's in charge. Exactly. It can't affect enough. Right. You know, m- minimalize that power and minimalize the, the right, ways. Because they the libertarians fully believe in that, <laughs> that the, in, in the individual's rights. Right. So and, like the only way to maintain individual's rights is that the individuals have or the goal, I guess, would be like the individual has the ultimate power. Right. Now, you could say that that's technically anarchism, which a lot of libertarians are very, very close to anarchism. Right. And those anarcho-capitalists, the those types, the, they've, they've got a couple of I things right. They got a lot of them wrong. Yeah, because I you can't— but I agree with most of their libertarian ideas. It's just that I think they take it a little bit further than I think is safe. But Right, because you do have to have some form of regulation. You do have to have a ter- deterrent. Libertarians don't believe that government shouldn't exist by, right. by, by no means. And most of us don't, I, you know, I, ironically, I say it all the time, taxation is theft. Uh, but as a libertarian, I, I do believe in some level of taxes. You know, I don't like the idea of it being called a social contract or whatever. Yes, but here's the thing, man. What what about – that's the thing. Or like another libertarian thing is like you, you bring it down to the states. You let the states control it. And then even further than that, you bring it to the, the towns and cities. And it's like you choose to live, right? Like if you, if you want to pay taxes to your town and the town taxes, you can live in that town. And then the next town over doesn't you can move to that town and then things will level themselves. That's the way this shit works is it levels itself out. If this town wants to tax the fuck out of you and everybody's like, fuck that this town's fucking almost as nice as this town and they don't tax anyone. Well, I guess I can move there. And then everybody leaves this fucking town and this town has to ship shape up or ship out, dude. (laughs) Right. And it all comes down to one of the core libertarian beliefs that competition breeds innovation. Uh, and it's absolutely fucking true. 
it self polices too. Right. And if you allow people to, if you allow companies to pay for, uh, pay for their mistakes or whatever monetarily, um, you know, through lawsuits and things like that, uh, say somebody, say a company makes a terrible fucking cancer causing asbestos, you know, asbestos 2.0, right? Right. Um, say a company makes that and they get sued. Well, you're fucking going under. There are no lifeboats, or, you know, on this train. You're going to fuck down. You right. know, there's no fucking corporate welfare, which is a huge problem in this quote unquote capitalist hellhole we live in. Um, that's not capitalist at all, by the way. What we have is more akin to corporate socialism. Um, oh, dude, it's fucking. It's basically communist. I mean, essentially, and it's you like know China. How- China, China owns business in China, right? Well, we don't technically own business, but we fucking save them whenever we can, right? All the big ones, right? And the reason for that is we have massive a massive lobbying problem. Now, Huge. lobbying is a touchy fucking subject because, on one hand, it's constitutionally protected. So I believe that the founding fathers had a very good reason for instituting it. Um, I think lobbying should be fucking, you can lobby all the fuck you want. You just can't fucking pay them. Um, right. And what's, what's really unfortunate is I don't know that we should get rid of lobbying completely, but reform on it is trickier. I, I know that it I've read tricky. a few. But in libertarian I've, setup, you don't have to worry about it. Right. I mean, you well, you, you do because the more well, they lobby, the it's more money is dumped into it, the more um, corporate interests control what's voted on and not voted on, right? Right. But when you relinquish the power and separate it into the smaller communities, it's a lot harder for a it would be it would have to mean that fucking six states well, then six, you do the same thing on a smaller scale. In the, right? in, in the Midwest would all have to get together and create the fucking corn lobby. Right, right. You know what well, I mean? mean if like, you, well, if you get a national company like fucking Google, if they wanted to lobby for something uh, in that, every fucking state, then they, they fucking could, right? But, the, uh, you know. but, but under the libertarian idea, the Googles of the world would never happen to the scale at which they've happened. You're not wrong, you know, because... Because everybody would have a shake. Whenever they fucked up, they'd be they'd get hurt. Whenever you know, like nobody be fixing this, nobody fixing that. Like, right, right. And on on some level, you know, what we have this this structure that we have has created uh, some of the hugest innovation the world's ever seen, some of the best technology the world's ever seen, advances that we never thought were going to happen in a billion years. But to think that wouldn't happen if two separate companies were competing to build the first one, right? And you don't, yeah, you don't think about that. You know, if there, if the market is extremely competitive, yeah, you have these super corporations that can dump billions of dollars into research and concentrate their efforts. That's effective. Yes. Uh, But also very, very contained and possibly mismanaged. You know, Facebook was a wonderful thing and they mismanaged it into the ground. Facebook's dying. Um, MySpace died. It was a huge thing. Facebook itself is dying, but Facebook is not dying. I mean, you know what I mean, the, compared yeah. to what it was. The actual specific Facebook, for Even sure. Instagram's going downhill, too. Yes, but Zuckerberg is not going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if their stock continues to drop, like, uh, I'm getting off topic. Yeah, and um, it dips, though. You know, Zucks, Zucks, Zucks is a fucking lizard guy. He, 
He's okay. <laughs> I'm the fucking lizard king. But uh, he's a fucking I, snake actually, person. Actually, I'll, I'll bring I'll break this down into a, a better example because this is my favorite example uh, to explain why the pharmaceutical industry is completely fucked up right now, or really why the entire medical industry is fucked up. I agree. Um, so what happens? is you have these companies, these pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, Moderna, all of them, uh, they start to make it big uh, as, yeah. as manufacturers. And then they send lobbies into Congress. You know, they, they, they lobby for these politicians that will guarantee vote on things that they want passed. Well, what yeah. is it that a drug company wants passed? Ironically enough, heavier regulations on their industry that makes no fucking sense does it why the <laughs> fuck do they do that because the little they, guy can't compete with regulations exactly they have enough they have enough capital uh and resources to deal with pretty much anything yep um and they can follow those restrictions and it drives out competition that has a much better product well they can no longer afford to do business anymore because now they have to pay a $10,000 a month tax, uh, yep. you know, or something like that to manufacture and pharmaceuticals. Like, and like, how about this? They have entire teams and lawyers and they've been in the industry for so long that they know I feel the regulations. Like you I feel like you read the same material I did. I didn't read it. It's just, just logic. This is logic for me. <laughs> they know the material. They've been in it for so long. They have full teams of lawyers, full teams of, of, administrators and executives they know it in and out and if they don't know it the guy around the corner in the other office has the missing piece that you don't know and they know it they have the money to take care of it it's a machine it's a giant fucking machine that right. can't be killed and the up-and-coming guy who just really fucking loves chemistry and wants to fucking help the welfare of the country is gonna fucking come up with some brilliant thing Right. And it's one iota off from the regulation. And he didn't fucking know that regulation because he doesn't have a fucking team of lawyers. He doesn't have time to, to construct a chemical compound and also read thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of jargon that most people can't even understand anyways, because it's all legal talk. Right. And that's, that's what's gotten the FDA out of fucking control. Um, you know, and I've been talking about this for years, but it really came to light with the, it kills uh, passion is what it does. Oh, yeah. Like the, with because the that's how the little the... guy used to compete, right? A fucking somebody was passionate about an industry or a, a project or a thing. Right. And they could, they could compete with this gigantic company because they cared so much about it and they were smart and they could make something insanely brilliant. Right. But if it's heavily regulated, now they cannot. Right. And it, it, it's really strange to think like that. You know, the average person doesn't understand that that's actually what's going on. Yeah, they right. probably know that politicians are getting rich off of backdoor deals. What exactly is going on? Well, that what you hear about dirty for the politicians and shit. That's exactly what the fuck is going on. They're having these companies literally buy their vote to regulate the industry that they are in to gain a monopoly over the market that's the reason why insulin costs fucking ten thousand dollars or however the fuck however the Dude, fuck I just, insulin costs. I just i just heard this the other day so i was telling you about marjorie taylor green was on timcast and right she came back 
so she was on like a few months ago and she was on again with Thomas Massey, another Republic, like Republican. Right. Right. Ish conservative type freedom, less government guy. Um, (coughs) They were talking about, they got into like the Rogan horse dewormer discussion a little bit. Mm. And they started talking about uh, epinephrine. Right. Right. And epinephrine is 25 cents a dose. Right. An EpiPen is hundreds of dollars. Yep. And there's and nobody because, to compete with them. And, and and they literally said, and they discussed it. They went all the way through. They're like, they they calculated the cost of epinephrine and the cost. So like uh, Thomas Massey said, I know a guy. He's a veterinarian. He's like, I can get, I can get epinephrine and a syringe and administer it to an animal. Right. And that, and I could sell that, that syringe and the syringe, I forget what it was. It was like 50 milliliters or 30 milliliters or something. The, do- yeah. the, the package it came in and the syringe is a dollar 50 or something. And the, and the dose is like 25 cents or whatever it was. It came out to a few yeah. bucks and like they could, I could sell that to you for $30. And they calculated, they actually looked it up and calculated how much is the dose based on like a, a average human weight. Yeah. And then how much came in the package that guy was like talking about. Because yeah. they, they give it to horses, I guess, or something. And they came out to the conclusion that you could buy this dose from like from a veterinarian of epinephrine. And the, <laughs> it, the syringe he would sell you with whatever milliliters would come out to approximately I, oh, I'm not I'm gonna get the number wrong but like it was like uh 30 doses of epipen <laughs> oh Jesus like it, it came down to like a dollar something a dose <laughs> and an epipen's like 300 400 bucks and I I believe it man and you know the other thing that uh, would blow your mind too um so uh, what was the train of thought I had here? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's a fucking so, thing that you can't control, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you can't do anything about it. And it's Needing like, an EpiPen because if you get a bee sting, your throat will close up and you'll die. Right. And like, what the that, fuck, dude? And that's part of the reason medical costs are so fucking high, not just for the medication, but um, also for treatment as well because of insurance companies lobbying. Uh, oh, by company. the way, the CEO of a Pfizer is an actual veterinarian from Greece. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> um, so uh, insurance companies lobby for, you know, to price other uh, companies out. You know, you remember that time when there was like a billion fucking insurance companies and now there's like three, like Blue Cross, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, fucking, yeah. I don't remember, Cigna. Like, oh, and they're, well, they're owned by giant. Enough- to get insurance, one of like the first insurances I had, I was actually under my mom, was Anthem, Blue Cross Anthem. Blue Shield. Yeah. yeah. Which used to be two, did not. <laughs> right. And <laughs> now it's one. <laughs> right. So they, they've gotten the same deal. They lobby for these laws to price out, you know, insurance companies or whatever. And what insurance companies will do, a doctor will bill insurance. Uh, and insurance they don't have any real competition or anything like that because other companies are doing the same shit. The other yep. fucking four. Um, 
and right and they can use their fucking obscure legal jargon to be like uh we're gonna deny this or whatever and they can just wipe their ass with the bill and send it back to the doctor and what's the fucking doctor gonna do right you know, go, go to a competitor <laughs> okay you know <laughs> they don't they don't cover your fucking area by the way buddy you're not in network um yeah you know don't go to this doctor you like we, we he's not in network Right. So they don't, they don't actually pay the doctor out. You know, you're, when you, when they bill your insurance, they're treating you on the promise that they're going to get paid by the insurance company, not you. Correct. So what they have to do is they just come up with a fucking cost out the ass and say, all right, we hope the insurance company pays even a fucking quarter of this. You know, they hold, they're just hoping they'll pay something, you know? Uh, right. So they can come up with these fucking exorbitant ass prices for basic things in hospitals. Uh, intended to bill to insurance. Well, insurance pays whatever they pay, but when you get treated and you don't have insurance, those prices don't fucking change, buddy. No, those we cover them. Well, if, if you don't have insurance, then... Taxpayers cover it. Sometimes. You know, no, like, not... uh, like, no, the government will not let... Let's put it this way. Are, are you talking about socialized health care? No, like I'm, as of right now, like hospitals don't go without. Right. So like the people who are paying right. for insurance and the insurance is covering things or the people who are paying out of pocket or whatever, those people are paying a markup that covers the losses of the people who don't have it. Right. <laughs> the, the No hospital is fucking in the negative. Right. You so, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's what they do, and that's why. Which I'm healthcare. fine with. Like I get, I'm fine with, I'm fine with everybody getting treated. I I don't mind that aspect of it. The problem I have is, why am I paying the insurance company extra for something that costs way less? Right, and. It's basically just made it so that you are required to have insurance. You know, the insurance games played this game extremely well uh, and they came out on top because yeah. now that they've established this baseline um, with what doctors uh, are charging hospitals. And by the way, it made heads of hospitals a lot more money, too, oh, fuck uh, yeah, because dude. they could they could charge. The all as, these. Yeah, it's the same as insurance companies, man. What is it? The I don't remember how many I lose track of, like how many years have gone by, but I want to say in the past six or seven years at some point um i heard a figure that uh heads of insurance companies gained like their their uh what's the word i'm thinking of their revenue increased or no yeah the revenue increased but like the pay of like the top level people at the insurance companies right increased by like 50 to 60 percent over like right. a decade right like absurd these people yeah. like the top level at the biggest insurance companies went from making a fuckload of money to making a fucking asshole money. of money <laughs> yeah and what's what's fucking even worse is it it's all fucking by design at this point that's why our country is fucking going under and our inflation is through the goddamn roof um because it's trickle up economics right 
And it's caused by the fucking Federal Reserve, which if you're a Ron Paul fan at all, you'll know exactly what the Fed is. Uh, I do. I understand the Federal Reserve. Nothing should be centrally located. Right. And those of you in the audience that know what the Fed is, um, just look up Ron Paul, audit the Fed, and read something. I'm just going to say something. Hopefully, if anybody's listening that doesn't understand this, our currency is operated by a single bank and the bank is not the government. Exactly. How crazy is that? That is the biggest monopoly in the world. Right. And it's back. The federal reserve is the biggest monopoly in the world. Right. And it's backed by literally fucking nothing. There is absolutely nothing behind the dollar. We don't have, we don't have the gold to go. Uh, uh, It's backed by, it's you're right currency but you're right but it's backed it's backed by a promise (laughs) it's backed by a promise but it's no but it's not backed by a promise because the promise is that it's going to be worth a lot and then we just printed in the last year um 30 of the total currency right Um, but but the actual promise the actual promise which is a promise i also don't agree with is that the reason it kind of holds a promise is that it is the world's only currency for oil. Right. Yeah. And that, that's why it's called the oil dollar um, mm-hmm. quite a lot. And we fought wars. We fought literal fucking We've wars. We've millions of people happen. in right. order to make countries pay for every ounce of oil with the U.S. dollar. Right. And if you ever so wonder, if you, that, you have a fucking problem, but. right? And if you if you've ever wondered why, like how we've gotten the regime that we have, and how U.S. expansion, what the purpose of that was, that Just was oil. rich people's wars trying to get control over oil production, right? Yeah, uh, and keep it within you know the the oil dollar, <laughs> which is exactly how that works, and yeah, the the. I forgot what the original point was because the Fed is fucking ridiculous. Oh, that, that's what I was going to say. Um, so they printed all this fucking money, you know, with the with the stimulus plans and all that good shit over COVID and everything. Um, and this was voted in and lobbied for by very, very rich, rich and powerful people too, uh, including of heads of Pfizer and Moderna and all that. They wanted to do more. Yeah, they wanted to do a lot more. And what that did, they printed out all this fucking money and it was handed out in stimulus checks, you know, through regular Joes or everybody that qualified. Right. So everybody that already had money, you know, they either didn't get the stimulus. I don't know what the cutoff was for it or anything like that, but they didn't get the stimulus or anything like that. So it shouldn't have helped them at all. Well, that's false. Because, that is fully false. Right. Because all of the rich people, they own the companies that people are buying shit from. These consumers are dumping their money directly into them. It's, it's not a permanent pay increase. You know, it actually it, this is a one-time deal. It, it actually technically doesn't fucking help. And this is the argument that libertarians and any smart political people make all the time about any socialist or communist ideology is that none of these systems help the poor. Right. At all. Because the money still goes to if you if you increase regulations and add more power to the system, 
The people with the money still maintain the money. In fact, a lot of times they gain money because the people at the bottom get fucking butchered. Right. So what what they did, they gave out these stimulus checks and it was a lot of money for a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people saved it, but how many of you listening still have that? We're all paycheck to paycheck, dude. Right, like how many of you didn't go out and buy something if if you did get it? You know, how or if you really needed it, if you were jobless, you know, that was probably a lifesaver, which is, which is, you know, good. Uh, but I, from, from our personal experience, we weren't jobless, but there were, my wife had a job that she hadn't been there very long. And so she didn't have weeks of vacation. Right. And all that. Right. And at the beginning of the lockdown, if any sort of fucking sniff of COVID happened near one of our kids, our kids had to be home for two weeks. Right. My wife had to not go to work for two weeks. Right. Yeah. So, so Stimmy, Stimmy covered her paycheck basically. Right. I mean, it covered more than her paycheck because they would, that's how they fuck it. That's how they trick you. Right. They like, look and how nice was, we are, you know? And that was, that was, Seemingly part of the purpose of the lockdowns, or at least taking advantage of the lockdowns anyway. Um, I guarantee what, you we've paid for that stimulus check already in inflation. Oh, yeah. Well, big time. Because what happened is, well, we they knew that was going to cause inflation, a lot of it. And what inflation is, is when there's more money fucking printed and it makes the value of the dollar less valuable. It's scarcity. It's basic principle of economics. Right. Um, but they printed so much fucking money that... All of a sudden, the supply of money is ridiculous. Well, now the value of the dollars that you make on a day-to-day basis are fucking lower. And Worthless. Yeah. And you've already spent that stimulus on buying things that have gone to the corporate owners or whatever. Well, these corporate owners or, you know, the, the super rich people that you spent your money on, you know, Walmart, fucking Amazon, whatever. Uh, they they all made this money. And they, well, they just accumulated more wealth. You know, these higher-ups... CEOs and all that shit, you know, they, they make a scale percentage of the what their company makes. So their company makes more, right. they make more, or they, you know, allow themselves to take more. Um, so they just gain like, more money. Even if they, even if they were making more of a weaker dollar, those companies, those people have so much money that wherever they place their money in different assets and stuff like that, they are never going to lose money. If they're right. if they're if they have half a brain, they're smart enough to make a company like that or run a company like that or be high up in a company like that. There's <laughs> they know enough of what to do with their cash. The the money they have is always in a place where it's making them more money. These right. people aren't losing money. They're invested in so many different things. And a lot of times these people get tipped because they're on the up and up. They're in the the circles. They get tipped off on things. And that's another way they get richer. Like they get in for information that normal people have no fucking idea. There's nothing we can do with it. But they have right. so much money that they, they, they get a little information from this guy. And he's like, yeah, this is, you know, something they're going to pass these laws or they're going to, or this, you know, this company's going under or whatever. Like, Right. And then they and, move their money accordingly and then they they never take a hit. Right. Or in and, fact they get bumped. And the bigger thing was this was all 
uh, part of a play that uniquely took advantage of lockdowns because your brick and mortar stores, your small businesses and everything like that, they were the most affected by these lockdowns. Um, You know, people lost tons of money. They really didn't get any fucking help. They got the, the government stimulus to them, but it was peanuts compared to what some of the larger uh, companies were able to get that didn't need to get it. Uh, you know, so it was just a well, fucking the thing. Yeah. These big companies, right. They got, they got uh COVID relief packages, right. Right. To cover COVID issues. Right. Now, whether they use that on the up and up or not, who knows? I'm sure they skirted some of it, but not only did these companies get COVID relief for stuff, they also got all the influx of cash from us getting the stimulus. So they got a stimulus and they got our stimulus. Right. You know, <laughs> and the the larger companies, you know, are mostly online based, you know, Google, Amazon, whatever. Right. And, you know, and they just, they make all this fucking goddamn money. And it's the same thing with pharmaceuticals, you know, everybody's going to the doctor, but nobody wants to fucking... You know, that's a whole other thing. So the largest companies, the largest services, largest brands or whatever, they found a way to make money from basically everybody from convenience of their home. And brick and mortar stores, people that are just starting freelancers, things like that, or not even, not even just freelancers, like, uh, which it hurt them too. Uh, some photographer friends of mine. So your really fucking local bad. fucking store. Yeah. Your, your local brick and mortar fucking store they're being shut down by these fucking lockdowns and they're just going the fuck under not seeing any of this stimulus money especially uh, restaurants man right so people couldn't spend it there so what do they do they shop online they you know do whatever with fucking google and they get on social media because they have no other fucking outlet i have a perfect example i have a literally perfect example in just my town okay right like and this is just probably fucking dumb luck or whatever but just before the lockdowns, dude, uh, a Domino's. So, like, you know how, like, franchises will, like, they'll be, like, uh, so-and-so LLC. They own fucking six McDonald's or whatever. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, like, one of these Domino's LLCs or franchisees or whatever had Domino's, like, you know, sort of in our area. Right. I don't know where, I don't know where they were before, but they put one in my town. Yeah. Right. It's not their first. It's not like somebody in my town was like, yeah, I'm going to open a Domino's. This is like somebody else, you know, not super far away, already had Domino's somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. So and they're a like, franchise owner. Yeah. So they're like, I'm going to open up another one in this town. Right. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So Domino's moves in, right? Lockdown comes. All these restaurants. My town has a fuckload of like small, like takeout restaurants. Right. A lot of them do pizza, subs, right. like stuff like that. Right. Well, they made money on takeout, but they also made money like some of them are bars. People go eat in there. Right. right. The really small ones that didn't do a lot of business, they fucking, they got hit. Like they got fucked up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But some of like the pr- more pop, like a little bit more popular ones that did a good amount of takeout, but also had, a strong, strong eat in and bar presence. Those people got fucked because if they weren't already doing delivery, Domino's just came in town. Domino's right. has an app. We go on the app, 
this person shows up at your house fucking 20 minutes later. Especially because they just opened, so they had a fuckload of drivers in town. Like, they had... They yeah. funneled drivers in yeah. to, like, kick the thing off. So, like, when they first opened up, dude, you ordered something, dude, fucking 20 minutes later, it's at your door. Yeah. Like, it's insane. So... Domino's comes in with all this superpower of the app and the fucking cheap prices and the ease of use and shit like that and the rewards program and the driver shows up 20 minutes later and fucking some of the favorite restaurants in town that can no longer fill a dining room with drunks and fucking <coughs> diners get fucked at, uh, fucked right and we've that's had, their, we've uh, had like three restaurants close. Right. And part of that's their ability too to appeal appeal to local government. You know, if a franchise gets involved, they, they usually have an uh, an area rep um, that'll deal with like local government issues with any of their restaurants and things like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure somebody dropped a ball. I'm just saying. But you know what I mean? Like, but but that's because of the lockdown. Because people want people. I guarantee you if there wasn't if we did not lock down, people would have gone to that fucking restaurant. <laughs> yeah yeah they would have stayed um, open yeah i mean there was there was a lot of them out here that really got hurt um there's this there's this guy that lives in our town tola white um is a very very accomplished chef uh and he owns several of the highest end restaurants uh in our town like there he has like two or three on the square in town and it, it's a small town but you know it's not a fucking poor place either it's a decent right. place to live uh, i actually really like it here um but, uh, can you carry a gun? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I I keep a gun in my car at all times. What's, what's your? I, by the way, what's your favorite gun? I'm I'm very curious. My favorite gun. I'm not like super gun knowledgeable, but I like guns. If that makes sense. Right. I know right. a little bit. I went through a phase where I was like hard in it, but that was because I was single and my my buddies were always shooting, and I kind of got into it. But it got yeah, too yeah. expensive for my blood, so it does get expensive very fast. Um. My favorite gun, I I wouldn't know from experience. I can tell you like some of the guns I would like, but yeah. like why well, I want a I want a uh, FN Herstal uh, forty five tactical, but that's like twelve hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a nice choice. Uh, I'm gonna go with the, and I I I know that somebody is gonna call me out because this is a weapon that's featured in Metal Gear Solid One, um, so. I'm not, I swear to God, I'm not just fanboying. I, I legitimately uh, researched this gun. I was able to fire one. Uh, but a PSG-1 uh, sniper rifle. Uh, you can't Ooh. find them anymore. Uh, matter of fact, I don't believe they're legal to make anymore. Who makes uh, it? Oh, God, I can't remember. Because I just saw a YouTube video, and this guy showed uh, They They talked. So, dude, I'm going to send you the link for it after. There's this, there's this uh, dude on YouTube who does... It's called Total Recoil, and he, they go through right, video right. games, and they talk about the weapons, and they discuss them based on their knowledge of weapons, like real weapons. Right. And they did eight, They did two Apexes so far. Oh, oh yeah, I've seen that one. I, I, I saw a bit of that on, uh, on TikTok. It was super cool. Dude, um, there's a full YouTube of it. There's two episodes. Right. I need to what watch if that he one. Has, what if he has a guest, like he has different people on, like one of them he has a guest on, and this guy... He like lets the other guy because he's like more of an expert, right? Right. Run down all the weapons or whatever, and uh, uh, what company is it? Walther, 
of all fucking companies did Walther, the fucking James Bond gun. Yeah. Oh, the PPK. Yeah. So Walther made a sniper rifle that was a bullpup. <laughs> so he compared yeah. it to the fucking uh, the Sentinel, I believe, because the Sentinel. Or no, was it the Sentinel? Uh, yeah, the Sentinel. Uh, Sentinel I believe it's a style. The mag loads in the back, even though it's on the side. Yeah, yeah. So they and then when he talked about it, they showed a picture of it, dude. It looks so fucking cool, dude. It was a Walther <laughs> sniper rifle, dude. It looks so sick. <laughs> That's but it was like cool. twenty grand. Oh yeah, the like, fucking fuck, uh, dude. The, the Why can't I have PS- cool things? Right, you can still buy PSG ones from people that have them like used and stuff, but they're obscene. They're like eighteen, nineteen, twenty thousand, something like that. Uh, the military version, um, what's it called? The the MS uh, MS MGS ninety. That's it. Um, MGS ninety uh is the military version and those are even harder to find um but heckler and cock made them for a while that's who it was uh hk uh they they made them for i don't even know how long i think it was like since the like the mid 70s or something like that maybe late 70s uh and then stopped making them once regulations changed um i forget what caused that i don't don't remember if it was the kennedy assassination um that changed the laws on uh, rifles of that caliber <laughs> for civilian use and all that. Well, fuck, dude. Like, I, so, I don't have, like, uh, great guns. I actually probably need to get a couple. I probably need to get, like, a few more guns. Yeah. I mean, I, I really only have uh, three guns right now. And that's um, I have a Moshberg 12 gauge. Uh, I have yeah. a Taurus Taurus PT90. Is it PT92? Uh, which it, it's a uh, direct copy of the Beretta 92, which um, is a handgun. Uh, yeah, the Beretta 92 was standard standard uh, police issue for a very long time. Um, if you remember before police switched to Glocks or, or center fires, uh, they had guns with like small hammers. Um, and those were almost always, um, uh, there were, Ooh, is that the gun you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, that looks sick, dude. Isn't it sick? Dude? It's fucking filthy. <laughs> oh man. Uh, by the way, if those of you listening, you sent me a picture of this gun. What did you say it was? It's a Walther WA 2000 or something. Walther WA 2000. Look at that. Up. That is a badass looking little sniper. I like the wood grain choice too. That's cool. Dude, the fuck! It's <laughs> so fucking absurd, right? I almost feel like they went with uh, the wood grain to uh, to keep from being another scary black gun, you know? Well, no, I th- I honestly, it's an, I think it's an older design. I don't. Oh, I don't think it? it's new. Oh, that looks modern. Well, I'm not saying that it's like old, old, but I'm th- I don't think it's. Um. I don't think it was like made like in the past few years or anything right right so like in the probably 2000s 2010 oh it's in call of duty oh okay oh maybe it is fairly new it's in in modern war no it's not that new it's in modern warfare 2 oh okay i didn't play much modern warfare 2 but if you were a modern warfare 2 guy then uh you probably recognize that gun holy it's just so cool looking i don't know yeah, man, I, I, 
So I have um I have my grandfather's single shot twenty two. Uh which is fucking super dope, dude. It's like nineteen sixty something Winchester. Yeah. That's the PSG shot. one, by the way, I just sent you. Oh yeah, that's tight. Right. Oh, that gun is super sick, dude. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's such a good feeling rifle, too. Oh my god, it's insane. When I was deep in, I want to say deep. I I don't know. When I was infatuated with the guns at the time, when I was single and I was buying them (laughs) here and there, or like at least interested in them more so. Right. Right. Um, I was. I got to a point where I wanted to get a long range rifle and there's no way I was going to be able to afford an actual sniper rifle. Like right, right. a real sniper rifle is fucking thousands of dollars. Like the cheapest one is just like a car. So. <laughs> right. What, well, they call a quote unquote sniper rifle. You can get a Mosin the gun or you used to be able to get a Mosin the gun for a hundred fucking bucks. Yeah. Um, but I wanted like a, a sniper. rifle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could you could like get a modified thirty odd six, and that'd be about the best you could do civilian. Um, I was going to say like fifty cal or something like that. No, uh, aesthetics were part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, any, I got- any self-respecting gun owner can admit, yeah, black guns are cool. You know, I, I like my fucking. I just tactical, wanted it to cool be like shit, modern, man. 